broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Orchant TV on a libations Friday. Great to be with you as always. For clarification or purposes of being transparent. It is taped today. Cameron Show is not live as it normally is. Uh, it is same day. It is just hours ago. But uh, on the road this uh, weekend yet again. So it's been a busy February as Tom has kind of alluded to this is the month where uh, those of us on staff at WarChan or do a sports talk show like this one, this is your, I know it's Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about that, but it's it's your dead time, dead-ish time for Florida State football. And football has become a year-round thing, even in college now, so you got to take advantage of those, uh, I don't know, makeshift long weekends, the things that you can do, try to get out of town. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going off to uh, St. Augustine and, see Preservation Hall Jazz, and going to have a good time doing that. But we wanted content for you. You'll have Lee Sterling this hour, my mother next hour. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the teams. Let's talk about who we're picking, who we're betting on, who we're having fun with. I will say this. You know, Tom, I ask, and people will hear it in the next segment, but I uh, did that interview with Lee yesterday, and I, I asked him at one point, and I've brought this up on the air, for years, it's going on, it's years. I don't understand. Kelsey must be the greatest tight end to ever live because all the time I say everybody knows he's getting the ball and nobody ever stops him from getting the ball ever, ever. And I've heard a ton of defensive coordinators and others say, well, they'll bracket him. They'll do this. No, they don't. Nobody ever does anything. He has his catches. He gets 10. He gets, I know the Bucks had success against him. The Bucks were so overwhelming uh, Lee Good that year in Kansas City was riddled with injury. Let's be fair. Uh, he was running for his life back there. And still, Mahomes showed how good he was, making impossible throw after impossible throw. Uh, but I, I, I asked the question uh, because it's it's so annoying and it's so it's almost impossible to, to, to see a game where you don't expect him to get 10 catches. Um, but I was, I was thinking about this game and I was thinking about uh, how I think it's going to go. And then I started thinking about how every one of us is picking the Chiefs. And I looked at ESPN.com and saw that they had a list of 40-something people who picked the game. And like 30 of 35 of them picked, picked Kansas City. And I went to all of the places that I go to kind of put together as much information as possible when I make my my own bets. And you'd go to NFL.com and then you go to all the other sites, whether it's CBS Sports or Fox Sports or SI or wherever you want to go. And 
the Atlantic and the Ringer and and all these different places. And it's like comes out like seventy eight percent of the people who talk about football for a living um, are like, oh no, it's 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 Mahomes, it's the Chiefs, it's Kelsey, they're gonna win. And now I want to take San Francisco. <laughs> Now I feel like I want to take San Francisco. Now I, Kansas City is 31st against rushes versus zone run blocking. So if you get into the advanced numbers and you see that stat and you realize that San Francisco, that's what they do. It's, that's a zone run blocking scheme. And you realize that McCaffrey is, you know, in the discussion, was in the discussion for the MVP of the league. Maybe that's how I asked, you know, when I said to to bring it all back, when I said to Lee that I, nobody covers Kelsey, why is Kansas City not favored in this game, et cetera? Maybe they're, fa- maybe they're favored because San Francisco's favored because people think they're just, I mean, they're going to run the ball. That would be, you know, and that, that, where, that is where it goes to the under and the total. I think both teams want to run the ball, control the clock. Me too. Um, I think San Francisco does more than Kansas City. They need think, to because they got to protect their quarterback. But but Andy Reid has shown in these playoffs that he's okay with playing a slower pace because he knows he doesn't have the horses like he he did earlier in this run of, of Super Bowl glory that Kansas City's had. So that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, I could see that. I think Kansas City's been a little bit more improved against the run. Now, Baltimore, that's a scheme issue. That, that's a scheming issue where Baltimore stayed away from it. But Kansas City wasn't awful against stopping the traditional run against Buffalo. They were awful at stopping Josh Allen running the football. And while Brock Purdy's mobile, he ain't Josh Allen. So that would be the interesting rub here is like where on the scale of what Buffalo did, which was moderate success with James Cook and Baltimore, no success whatsoever with the traditional tailbacks. Does San Francisco succeed? Is Christian McCaffrey in this offensive line on a different level? We're going to find out. Well, Kittle is the best blocking tight end in football. Yep. McCaffrey is one of the three best backs in football. Right, right. The offensive line has run the ball all year long. It's going to have to be the game plan. And unlike Baltimore, Shanahan won't forget about it. He's going to want to do it. And I just, now to your point, Spags is a very good defensive coordinator and he will do a lot to shake Brock Purdy, but if you can run now, what they'll do is they'll stack the box and they did that against Baltimore early. And they did that against everybody who they knew could run the ball against them. At some point they give in and stack the box. You know why they do that? You've pointed it out this week and I'll reiterate for people. This is why this is a great super bowl, a great super bowl. They have two elite corners. Their secondary is number one in the league in terms of passing yards given up against other teams, wide receiver one. So they're number one in the league. They don't give up a ton of yards. You could you could say Zay Flowers was having a big day, but one's a fluky play, and the other is a play in which it's nine seconds that, that Lamar has the ball and is running around, and yeah. they finally give up the long touchdown. So, I mean, and Zay's really good. Huh. And, and you'll give up a big play. That's no big deal. It's about right. consistent success. And and real quick to interject, I, I, I'm not saying that San Francisco's run is going to get shut down. I'm saying that it needs to succeed beyond a normal success rate. Like, it needs to be really good in order to drive the bus here to a victory. So it's like, to what extent are they going to be successful? I think helps determine San Francisco's chances to win. I think they're going to be successful, 
But are we talking 4.4 yards a carry? We talking 5.8 yards per carry? Like these are the hidden numbers and the, and the yardages where I think it, it could put San Francisco over the top. I will say also quickly, you know what happens when the box is stacked. You do allow for big plays in the run game too. Because if yeah, you if you, wrong if you tackle, yeah, or you miss, I mean, like McCaffrey, if you if you don't stay in your stupid, you know, like I, I say stupid because he's so gifted. If you don't stay in your lane, he will make you look stupid. Yeah, put back against the grain because you lost contain and it's a forty yard run. Yeah, and and there's nobody there's nobody helping you because it's almost like a goal line situation where you make one dude miss and you're out the gate. So the question is though, how often are they going to be in second and six and second and four? I think San Francisco is going to hit some big plays. I think the red zone is going to be a little bit tough to score for both teams. And then the question is, yeah, is McCaffrey plus perhaps a healthy Debo Samuel enough on the ground for San Francisco to dictate terms? I love this matchup. I do. I I think, um, you know, again, it's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes. I'm tired of hearing people say that, but it's true. It's why they say it. I, You know, look, the guy, I mean, listen, they were the, if you look at points scored in all of their seasons where they won the Super Bowl. One year they were first, one year they were fourth, one year they were second. You know, the, the even the year they got crushed by the Bucs, mm. that was injury-related. Oh, and the Bucs were very good, and Tom mm. Brady doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. But that team scored a ton of points that year, Kansas City did. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's... It's interesting. They were 15th in the league this year in points. They they weren't that offense was pretty average, you know, almost the definition of average. And they found other ways to do it, namely with their defense. And then Mahomes is still crunch, uh, clutch, uh, you know, in the last if you give him the ball late, he's a guy that that will make plays as we know. So, I've got numbers for you on Travis Kelsey because I I, I know you know, the theory is he's one of the greats of all time. Now, I, I will dig up some numbers on, say, like Gronk. They would be the only comp in the playoffs to Kelsey, right, as a tight end. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody who's played enough games to even be on the level of Travis Kelsey in, in numbers and per-game averages. So he's played 21 games in, in, his postseason. Post, in his postseason career. What I did was I whittled those 21 games down to an old-school 16-game average. I get it's a 17-game season. Yeah, these days. I, right. I did some cross multiply and divide, and here you go. Here is Travis Kelsey in a 16 game postseason for his career 118 catches, 1,379 yards, and roughly between 14 and 15 touchdowns. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I get mad watching it. I'm like, guys, he's going to throw to Kelsey. I sound like. And this was going to be an insult because women have come a long way in understanding football. They are now our equals as football fans if they care to invest. But that wasn't that way growing up. That way, when I grew up, there weren't a lot of girls watching football. There just wasn't. My mom was one of them. And I thought it was awesome that she did. But one of the things that we, when we were like grade school boys, would tease girls about is they would say the simplest thing. It's like it's kind of like fans that would say, call the touchdown play, you know, or 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 when your kids are young and they say, Oh man. You know, why do they run the ball up the middle? Plenty of dudes in, uh, yeah, plenty of dudes in uh, the, the stands at Doak that are saying, that's you know, the touchdown play stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And and then I would, you know, and when my kids were young, they'd be like, I don't understand why they run the ball in the middle. Everybody's in the middle. Why would you give it to them there? Don't run the ball in the middle. And I, and I would laugh. And I'd be like, you're setting something up. 
they're poking and they're prodding. And then in time, they're going to do something off of that sun. And you try to explain the greater theory. I sound like those people, like the girls I made fun of, the little kids who say that, the dudes in the stands. I'm like, he's going to throw it to Kelsey. Why doesn't somebody guard Kelsey? They're going to throw it to Kelsey. And it happens every time. That's what we're reduced to. You're like, all right, first play from scrimmage. That's an eight-yard catch for Kelsey. Wide open. Nobody around him. Nobody. That's the thing. Like, if you were going to end up making a case for Kelsey to be the greatest tight end of all time, and I don't think he is, but he's trending in that direction. Jesus. Um, You would say, why is he always wide open? Like, it's ridiculous. He's open that often. Like, Gronk would catch balls because he was fast. And for that size, he was very fast. But he was also giant. And so you could be, you could smother him. And he would still make catches. He's too big, too strong type thing, right? It's uh, It was always sort of a mouse in the house type of thing, like in basketball. Half of Kelsey's catches seem to be just nobody's nobody's on the screen with him. I, I don't understand it, ever. So I'm pulling up some of the numbers here really quickly. And uh, I got Gronk's receptions. I did quick math on that. Uh, receiving yards. It's 1,010 if you're doing the same math that I was doing for Travis Kelsey. And the catches are going to be way lower because in 22 career games, you, you don't even have to do the math here. In 22 career games in the postseason, he's got 98 catches. So that's going to come significantly down. Yeah. So you can say, you can just say, without finishing, yeah. without finishing the math, the greatest postseason tight end that ever lived is Travis Kelsey. If you're just talking about receiving production now, you throw in Gronk's ability to block, and we've got ourselves a debate about total value at the position because Gronk is a mother in terms of blocking. A monster, and that's he. That's why I rate him as the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. Uh, yes. He yeah. was another offensive lineman. You couldn't – I mean, he – and he took pride in it, and he mm-hmm. threw you out the club. My man was not having it. He would embarrass people. There are countless Gronk blocks. When you pull up the great YouTube highlight reels that people put together – there are Gronk blocks that make you feel funny. Uh, you're kind of like, ooh, look at that. It's just hilarious. Now, I will also say this. Uh, Kittle is that way. Now, Kittle it isn't the same receiver. He's a very good receiver. Very, very good receiver. Yeah. But he takes great pride in mauling people. And it's a reason I love him, too. I, I want my tight ends to maul people. Kelsey is more of a receiver. And the thing was, uh, after the Bucks were blowing out the Chiefs, he did rack up some numbers, buddy. He, he had a quiet 10 for 133 in the Super Bowl where they got destroyed by the Bucks. Kelsey did? 10 catches, 133. And he had a huge drop, as I recall, in the first half, which has plagued him more this season. But he had a big-ass drop in the first half because that, that was, in my opinion, I've watched his whole career, the most impressive game of Patrick Mahomes' life. Was it's unbelievable the loss. throws he makes. Yeah, the throw he's sidearm and he's parallel. Yeah, it's Neo in the Matrix. Like literally, I, I said that Jameis' brain was like Neo in the Matrix, and that's what got Jimbo all excited in, in somewhat an unhealthy way. But this for Mahomes was literally Neo acting in the Matrix because he's flying around doing crazy stuff. I think this game projects to be much more controlled on both sides. Sure, like, you know Purdy can make some plays now. It's not that Purdy is is coming unequipped for the fight. Some of the throws he makes, like in a game of thirty throws, his best three are alarmingly good. Like his yeah. best three are very very good. Yeah. And then he's shown the legs in the NFC Championship game where he's smart enough and he's quick enough to make some mistake by a defense 
12 yards or 15 yards, not like six in a slide like Brady would do, like 12 yards, 15 yards at a time. So he's not unequipped for the fight. But, man, I don't think you're going to be seeing weird, awesome stuff from the quarterbacks. I think this is going to be standard, uh, basic throws, basic concepts, run it early, play action. This is going to be a little bit more old school, I think. You know, that matchup is the matchup. We, you know, the mistake that people make all the time when they on the debate shows is they compare quarterback to quarterback as if like they're competing against each other, you know, instead of the defense that they're facing. And it, it doesn't account for the other teams' weapons and all that other stuff. Mahomes enters this Super Bowl. Not only having won it multiple times, he's it's experience in spades, right? Versus a, a, a wide-eyed kid who was drafted last overall in the seventh round. And it's one of the reasons that he doesn't get the respect that he's earned on the field now as a player is because we remember when he was drafted and we hear about it a lot. And he looks like he's 12. And they are a well-coached team. Shanahan is considered to be an elite coach. And then you consider the weapons. And people use all those things oddly against Purdy when talking about his ability. Like, oh, well, he has this, he has this. It was a ready-made situation. He had, you know, all these things. He's a seventh rounder. I Purdy's interesting to me. How he handles this will be very interesting because how do you know? How do you know how you're going to handle your first Super Bowl? You, you can't know. And he looked wide-eyed and a little flustered uh certainly against green bay he was mm -hmm. now i think that had more to do with the fact that it was raining and he does not like throwing the football in the rain but he didn't have to worry about that here and you know that's it's funny quarterbacks there have been some great ones troy aikman comes to mind he hated throwing the ball in the rain because for all of his ability and he's a big guy he had small hands and he had a hard time gripping the ball Purdy does too. It was kind of the knock against him. Um, even, even when they were evaluating him in the draft was like, he did a lot of things well enough to pique people's interest in about the sixth round. And they thought, well, eh, that system at Iowa state was terrible. He was pretty average. It's a defensive minded group. He didn't have the big numbers. He's got small hands. All of that was put out there, but that doesn't matter in perfect conditions. Excuse me. How does he handle the emotions here? This is one of the lone times where I will say that, you know, because a lot of times they'll talk to you about, well, what does it mean having been there? What does that experience do for you? Oh, the Chiefs are always there. And yeah. Mahomes has handled all of this. Yeah. It, 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 it might make a difference in this one game. It might make a difference. I don't think it makes a difference for the coach. I know that there's a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan. There's more pressure on Kyle Shanahan in this game than there is on Andy Reid. Sure. Uh, Andy Reid once lived that pressure in Kansas City, but then he got over the hump. And that's where Kyle Shanahan is. But I'd like to remind everybody uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo was one deep completion away from winning the Super Bowl and beating Correct. these Chiefs. Like yeah. they Shanahan did get them in that position with Jimmy G. That was a fun game. There were some mistakes along the way. But in the end, Jimmy G lets a pass go. It's down the field. Cameras panning right to left. And if it's caught then Kyle Shanahan already has a Super Bowl. Yeah. The one concern I have from the coaching perspective is the clock management of one Kyle Shanahan. I've got no doubt that Mahomes and Reed in a two-minute drill in the first half, going into that long break at halftime for the concert, they know what the hell they're doing. 
Shanahan has proven that he is um, rough in that. He's conservative. It's the weirdest thing. He doesn't like to take chances. He doesn't push the envelope. It's less about not understanding the time and more about making a decision to not utilize it. Well, yeah, but you have to wonder for somebody that advanced, do you not understand what you have before you? And because you've got every other base covered, the the blind spot for coaches is just the most amazing thing to me in the game. It's consistently there with clock management. And for all the things we have about what to do on fourth and three from your own 47 yard line in the first quarter of a four point game, how is it that this is not down to a science on a card for somebody to just be consulted and say, this is what you do. Time out now, time out now. They don't do it. And if you're if you believe this game is going to be close, like if you believe that the spread is correct, that it's within a field goal, man, that can be the difference. That was what I'm sure a lot of Scuttlebucks listeners. I know a couple of my buddies were uh, about down in Tampa when we were doing that show. They were so effing tired of us talking about Arians clock management. But man, when it comes down to these little details in a Super Bowl. Now, thankfully, we blew their ass out. Yeah, wasn't close. But if it comes down to that kind of stuff. That matters. That matters. Yeah. And and I, the, the operation for Kansas City is a little smoother there. It's part of evaluating a coach, the entirety of a coach. It's it's what does he do well? What does he do poorly? And everything in between. I I think when you harp on something, you're only pointing out, look, we both think Kyle Shanahan is as good as they get as a play caller. And his oh. scheme is awesome. And, you know, look, uh, it, it, they're going to be in this position a lot. Yeah, because they because he's a really good coach. Um, it's odd that uh, over the course of this season, I thought San Francisco through much of this year was the best team in football, and for a stretch, it wasn't close. It's only been late mm-hmm. that they've looked very vulnerable, <clears throat> and that's largely been because of the defense falling to pieces. And it's weird to watch Wilkes' group look like this. I, I, I don't know. Really go back to San Francisco getting manhandled by Baltimore at the end of the year, late in this year, okay, on the Monday night football game. Um, now, there were five interceptions in that game, and I, you know, if San Francisco played Baltimore again in that same situation, I'd probably still pick San Francisco. I would have, anyhow. I, now, I, I'm not so sure. I would have probably picked San Francisco because you're not going to throw five interceptions. I mean, that was bizarre. Batted balls and weird things happening all over the place. But it seems like from that moment on, they've been a mess, and yet they're here. And that's largely because Shanahan has done a good job. You have to go win the game. You've got to go back and go win the game. They came back. They Listen, in their last four possessions against Detroit, they scored 24 points. Yeah. I mean, that's that's doing some things, but they had to, right, because they were in a bad position. I agree with you with the clock management stuff. I it's to me he makes conservative choices. I don't think it's that he's lost in terms of time, timeouts, score. It's just is it, he's coach is scared. Yeah, you probably yeah because you know the clock's ticking. You're at the plus forty six, and you're just letting the clock tick. Like that's insane. That's yeah. insane to me. I, I think in the end it's right. It's rooted in conservative beliefs there. Yeah, which is nuts. But the thing is like. Where, where you got to praise Kyle Shanahan, you're correct. I'm sure there are more examples. McVay for a minute's done this. Peyton has done this at New Orleans as much as I give him Raz. Like a lot of times, great quarterbacks have you off balance. A great court, like Aaron Rodgers, when he's in a rhythm, there's nothing you can do. It's God right. mode, you know. And Mahomes has been this way. I guess Breeze did it for Peyton more than Peyton did it for Breeze. But like not since John Gruden, 
have you had somebody who consistently with quarterbacks that you just kind of pull off the scrap heap in, yes. in theory because Shanahan's done it with Garoppolo. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, but he was an MVP under Kyle Shanahan. Like Shanahan's got a track record here of making whatever he has turn into this other thing to where a D coordinator is just completely off balance and catching strays. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's nuts, but we'll see how it all plays out because again, this, the game plan for Kansas city, simple, you stack the box and let's see what we can get. If Purdy can beat us over the top, so be it. We're well, giving you that right away at kickoff on Sunday night. He's going to have opportunity after opportunity because I think early they're going to try to run. Kansas City's going to try to stop that run because they know that's how San Francisco can win the game is to put it in the hands of Christian McCaffrey and the run game takes pressure off their young quarterback, keeps the ball out of Mahomes' hands, all of the things, right? And this is that's the got to be the game plan. All right. Well, I got to imagine Spags is like, forget that. You're not doing that. You're not going to get out of here running the ball and holding on to it for eight minutes. We're not doing all that. Beat us over the top. Well, I mean, that's that's all you can ask for if you're a wide receiver, if you're a tight end like Kittle, and if you're a quarterback, that's all you ever want is one-on-one. You mean I don't have to worry about any like disguises. I don't have to worry about games. I don't, you're going to give me one-on-one on the outside. Kansas city has repeatedly told people, yep, that's what we're going to do because our corners are better than your receivers. And that's been the whole season for them. That yeah. second half of the season has been, that's Kansas city in a nutshell. Well, and sometimes you need to get a little lucky along the way. We know San Francisco is one of the luckier Super Bowl participants in a while, but um, yeah. he digs, you catch that ball and Kansas city's watching this game and Buffalo's that's, playing in this game. Man. Still angers me for a guy who talks all that trash and always shows up as quarterback. My man throws one 70 yards in a freaking 20 degree day in a blizzard and you can't catch. Chef Cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chant TV. Lee Sterling Paramount sports. Let's get some picks in here, some props and the like. We'll do it next on the Jeff Cameron show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. 
Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Super Bowl time. That means we bring in my man Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Let's do it up. It is an annual experience. And Lee, we've been doing this like 20 years together. It's crazy how many years have gone by. But uh, the props have just grown and grown and grown. It's out of control now. I don't even, when I look at the sheet, it used to be, it was like two sheets. Now it's like Mm -hmm. 10 sheets, Lee. And a veteran like yourself, you can remember where there were like three props. Now there are hundreds. Do you know what the first prop was? No. It was William Refrigerator Perry. Well, That's he right. Down. And That's I happened right. to be, I was I was in Tahoe when it happened, went with my dad and a bunch of their friends. When he crashed across the goal line, place went crazy. So that was one of the rare instances where Vegas and, and offshore uh, lost some money. But um, they're, they're doing okay. They put out, like, I think I counted 580 of them this year. 580 and they keep growing. You know, one of the things I learned, Lee, I didn't know this. I know you know it. I didn't realize that a lot of uh, the, the places in Vegas um, will will listen to suggestions. Like just customers, betters will come in. They don't, right. I'm not saying on the spot, but they'll say, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? And they get a thousand suggestions or more. Most yeah. of them stink. Most of them aren't doable. But occasionally they'll hear one and they'll go, yeah, we can do that. We'll put together something like that. And they, so that's why they just keep growing. Yeah. And uh, they want they want you to bet more props. The reason is usually the big on prop places, 15% or 20% juice. So you just add that up. Never forget this. I had a friend of mine. We were out in Vegas one time for the Super Bowl. And I said, how'd you do on your props? He goes, hold on a second. It's going to take me a little while to figure it out. He bet 37 props and he was 20 and 17, but he lost money. He lost money. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had he had a whale of a time watching the game. He couldn't, I mean, it took him probably 10, 15 minutes to figure them all out, whether he won or lost. It's amazing these days, you know. Uh, you live in Florida, so you're well aware of the hard rock app that people mm-hmm. use and, and all of that now. I mean, it, all throughout the state. You don't just have to go to your bookies anymore or out to Vegas or Atlantic City. Everybody's got it right. on their phone now, you know. And I, I sometimes if I'm bored, especially in the playoffs, but going towards the Super Bowl, I'll just sit there and go through them. Like, yep, I'll do that one. Yep. I'll, and I forget about them. And then the game ends. And I'm like, oh, I won. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you hit, I've had a couple of friends hit the wrong wager and yeah. they end up, they find out they won. So, yeah, I, you know, I've been going to games lately and I've noticed since the Hard Rock app, uh, came on back on and I'm finding games like I was at the Panthers game and the heat game this week and I'm watching kids 20 and 30 year olds in my section in game wagering you know especially player props I mean 
in-game wagering as far as, you know, over-under in the game is fun, but they love the player prop. So it's just going to keep growing. And once Florida came on, one of the big three states, we knew it was going to take off even more. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to some of the fun yeah. props, Lee. We've got fun props, regular props, and then I want yeah. your predictions on the game. And, of course, you're famous uh, for your daughter's uh, unbelievable renditions of the national anthem, and thus she has keen insight as to the length of these uh, other singers' efforts. And so we always get your prediction for that too, which is pretty cool because I think that I think you've won that one more than any other one. I, mean, I guess your daughter is all over it. She's won, she's won nine years in a row. I mean, I've won seven out of ten Super Bowls. I'll never. I mean, she's going for ten in a row. I mean, that's yeah. that's almost unheard of. But <laughs> she takes it. She takes it really serious. She probably spent three or four hours wow. studying it last Saturday. So. And, and what's interesting about it, there, you know, there's been a bunch of singers, been almost nothing out there. I mean, maybe one national anthem. She started singing, I think, in 1976. She was right. like 17 or 18 years old. She sang at a rodeo. So here's what she says in, in, in brief. She says she clips a lot of the end notes. Now, my daughter starts on a D. She starts singing on a D. I don't even... You know, I couldn't tell you. My daughter can hear someone start a note. She goes, oh, that's like a an F flat or something right, like that. Right, yeah, yeah. So my daughter starts on a D. She said when she started uh, in the 80s, singing a lot of these, she was at a C. Then a B. She's singing. She starts at an A. Mm. And very rarely has she gone over the, this, the, the posted number of 90 and a half. Three of the last five have gone over two minutes in length. Good she doesn't Lord. see it. She, she thinks it's going under 90 and a half seconds. So um, I'm going to trust her on this. All right. I like it. I like it. We're yeah. going to take the under on 90 and a half seconds right off the, right out the gates here on the national anthem. All right. Fair enough. Uh, what else do you like, by the way? I always let you pick and choose because I know you devoured the sheet and looked at everything. And what do you <laughs> think some of my, my listeners should jump on? All right. We've got to have one Taylor Swift bet. And there's, I mean, will she hug Travis Kelsey's mother? I'm, I'm not going to end that. Will they show her from the start of the game, kickoff to the end of the game? How many times? Now, when we see Eli and Peyton Manning, when they were playing in a Super Bowl, how many times will they show their brother? It was like two and a half. Mm -hmm. They would show him usually once. The number almost always is under. I think they're going to feel a lot of pressure to not show her all the time. I think they'll show her two or three times tops. We'll go under five and a half appearances from Taylor Swift being shown during the game. Now, who knows? They even have wagers. Will he propose, you know, after the game? Good uh, Lord. Can you imagine? Yeah. I know. What are the I, odds on that, know, by the I, way? What, what do you get for that? I didn't. I, I, <laughs> just, it's out of my realm. Yeah. But there is one interesting. They haven't put out the player props yet on the cross bets from one football to like basketball or hockey, things like that. But there's one. They have the donk, doink camera. Mm. They install that. On, on on the goalposts. So you can bet whether they will hit the crossbar or one of the goalposts on a missed field goal or extra point. It's plus 400. If you want to take that, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say minus 500. I don't see it happening. Bunkner, I mean, he is usually, I mean, yeah. right down the middle. And Jake Moody for San Francisco if he misses, I think he's going to miss. It won't even be close. Yeah, if he misses, he misses badly. Yeah, it's not it's not hitting the upright. I, also, the odds of that are just, yeah, I, I don't know. I would need more juice than that. I'd need plus 800, plus 900, something like that to, to make it interesting. I, I don't think if you're going to bet If you're going to bet it and take a shot, but, you know, why not put 50 or 100 bucks on there? I think it's a free 10 to $20. Now, yeah. as far as player props, 
I I believe that San Francisco wants to make sure they don't fall behind like the last game. If they fall behind They're like dead. they did to Green Bay or Detroit, it's going to be over. Look what Kansas City did. They scored the first two drives, and they just took the foot off the gas. Andy Reid said, I'm just going to make sure I win the game. I think we're going to see under 246 and a half passing yards from Brock Purdy. How about this? Everyone talks about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Kansas City's defense has not allowed a passer to throw for 260 yards in a game this year. Is that incredible? They've ridden their defense to where they are right now. And, in, and you know, this has been a work-in-progress offense for Kansas City all year long. So they've ridden this defense, which has been smothering. You're absolutely right. You know, I do wonder, Lee, though, I mean, for example, you mentioned that Baltimore game. Even in that Baltimore game, Travis Kelsey had 11 receptions. He had something like nine at halftime, and, yeah. and the halftime number was 11 and a half, and I took the over and got screwed. Uh, but, I, but what I'm saying is, how does the whole world know Travis Kelsey's getting the ball and nobody ever stops him from catching it? We have this conversation every year. Okay, well, it's a little harder. When someone is either at the tight end position or just flexed out a little bit, he can go straight in or out. When right. wide receivers up against the sidelines can't run as many routes. You know, you can't break towards the sideline and keep going. You're out of bounds. So yeah, it is yeah. and that that height. I mean, when you get guys six five, six six, six seven, I mean, he had a couple catches. I mean, they were like four or five feet above his yeah. above his head. Incredible. Yeah, you you think to yourself, so you're a former quarterback. You must think when you see guys like that, the modern tight end is a cheat code. It's crazy. There's so many good ones. Jeff, I had a six four tight end. He was he was my my guy that yeah. threw to. He ended up yeah. going to Southeast Louisiana. And Joe Hanko, he was <laughs> he was the man. I could throw any route, and he would somehow come down with. It. He made me look really good. A couple others I like: Debo Samuel over thirteen and a half rushing yards. You know, early in the year when they played teams like Dallas and Philadelphia, they let it all hang out and they gave him the ball. He's been hurt a lot recently. They're going to give him the ball, I think, three or four times. He can get he can get fourteen yards on one on one rush. So I like that. I like Patrick Mahomes under 35 and a half yards as his longest reception, not hitting on as many big plays yeah. as they used to. Also like um, under five and a half penalties for Kansas City. Very disciplined team. Okay, so we those are regular props. We've had good fun props here. Uh, you have to have an opinion on the, uh, perhaps the total in the game itself. Yeah. So I, I favor Kansas City. We've only seen one other team in recent history come into a game and it's not covered the two games before that. That was the New England Patriots when they lost the Super Bowl mm -hmm. when they were undefeated. I think San Francisco's limping into this game here. I don't think their linebackers in coverage can control Travis Kelsey. Another, another one I like, I like Travis Kelsey here over 70 and a half receiving yards. And... If it was, you know, early or middle of the season, I think San Francisco was the best team. How about this? Everyone talks about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Also comes down to turnovers in the NFL. He's dropped back 111 times in the playoffs. Zero interceptions. Zero fumbles. Only sacked twice for mm -hmm. only 11 yards. He limits the bad plays. He knows when to get rid of the ball and to live to fight another day here. I'll take Andy Reid also, head coach, 27-4, and four, coming off of a bye. I like Kansas City. I think they win this game 6 to 10 points. Wrong team favorite. Can I ask you one final thing? Sure. 
I understand how odds are made. I'm a gambler. Yeah. I like to gamble. I don't understand the number. I don't understand how San Francisco is yeah. favored. There right. is nobody that I've talked to, and I'm not talking about the public. Right. I know that too. I'm talking about people like you, people who understand and bet games for a living. Nobody is picking San Francisco. It makes me nervous because I'm all over Kansas City. Right. And I feel like adult because what? how is that number San Francisco minus two? The public just loves San Francisco. It's a public team. I know Kansas City recently, you know, has become more public, but till that time, till Patrick Mahomes got there, you know, they were right. they were just pretty much forgotten about. So dating back to Joe Montana yeah. and Steve Young, yeah. it's just it's one of those teams. It's like the Raiders, uh, you know, some Cowboys, of these other teams, Cowboys, yeah. Packers, that just you're gonna see money. The public just loves San Francisco. And, and even after Green Bay, I mean, they had him as a seven, seven and a half point favorite. I, I, I don't get it. They they should have lost the game. I mean, you probably have talked about Dan Campbell. I mean, yeah. any other head coach, when you're on the road, kick the field goal. Go up three scores. As soon as that happened, I turned to my wife and I'm like, they're in trouble now. Well, and then a few minutes later, you get the fumble and then you realize yeah. it's over. It's, it's all, all right. happening. Lee, I always love it, buddy. It's good to catch yeah. up with you again. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, brother. And uh, it's been a fun year. There's the number, 800-400-9741. Any other reasons for my folks to call you besides the fact that you win? Okay, so I'm going to give away a free UFC card. We won two of the three cards this, this year. Don't have a whole lot of selections. Usually we'll sell five to seven selections. Only have three of them. You want to get three free UFC selections, go to ParamountSports.com. Uh, on the homepage, scroll down where it says free pick sign up. Fill that in, and we will email you free our, our three top selections for the UFC. And also, hockey and basketball red hot. You can get through the NHL finals in June or the NBA finals, just $497. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Be good, brother. It's always a pleasure. You, Take care. Take care. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. You heard the man. It's always good to catch up. And we've got some others that I'll go through here, some other fun uh, props to, to, to fool around with. But uh, wanted to get Lee back on here at the end of the year and, and get in. Mainly, let's be honest, we wanted the national anthem bet. His daughter just nailed it. He's not wrong. I know that for a fact. I've made that bet nine years in a row. Going for 10. That's the one. I don't care what you think about all the other bets. You may like some. You may dislike some. He's nailed that one. She has, anyhow. Chef Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, Live Nation's Friday edition continues in a moment. All right, friends, let's talk about Factor. That's right. Two-minute meals fuel you up fast. Factor's restaurant quality meals at that, ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I use them for my family. I use them every day to eat nutritiously, but also I'm on the go and I want something calorie smart. There are times where I'll go a week worth of factors for lunch and I'll just go vegan or veggie. Other times I go pure keto. I can worry about, you know, whether it's vegetable uh, base or protein based or meat based or whatever it might be. They have the options for you all the way around. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout every time you do it. It's also flexible to your schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50. I'm going to save you some money, guys. Do it up. It's delicious. Cameron50. Use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron50 at factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. Trust me, delicious. You'll thank me. A lot of variety. Tasty. Factormeals.com slash Cameron50.
that Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Always fun to hear from Lee. By the way, here's an interesting bet. Uh, you know the numbers too. You know the totals, 47 and a half. The most amount of money that comes in on the Super Bowl uh, begins to come in <clears throat> starting today. Really, uh, it's it's Friday and Saturday that you see all that, and then obviously it's it's a huge amount before kickoff on Sunday. I bring that up because. Maybe those totals change. Maybe that total changes. Maybe that number changes. I think, if anything, this may go off, Tom, at San Fran minus one, um, which, again, if we're just thinking about the game itself and the matchup, this is a hell of a matchup. Uh, any Anybody that's going to – anytime you go into a Super Bowl and the spread is, you know, even one or two, you got a really good matchup. What's interesting is when I think of the total – and you and I, I think, have looked a lot at 24-21 type scores, right? Um, somewhere in there, something like that. Uh, maybe even 21-17. I mean, I, you know, I, I do think both teams are going to run the ball, so that'll shorten the game. Kansas City has only scored 22-plus points in 9 out of 20 games this year. 45%. Did you know that? It sounds right. Um, I didn't think it was that stark. But it sounds right because there was a lot of chatter this whole season while we were doing our thing and winning football games in Tallahassee. What the hell's wrong with this offense? What's wrong with the Chiefs? So yeah, yeah, they've gone under the twenty-one and a half total for Kansas City that's projected in this game. By the way, if you're betting teams, if you're betting team totals, it's twenty-one and a half for Kansas City. They've gone under that number uh, nine out of uh, they've they've gone over that number nine out of twenty games. Um, so 55% of their games, uh, has been under that, uh, and against, if you go by power ratings and many other metrics, uh, the top 10 teams in the league, you know, you, you look at that Kansas city's gone over 21 and a half points. They played five teams that fall in the top 10, uh, offenses and, and, and total, total scores, total metric, um, power mode again, again, power rankings. Um, they've played five teams and twice they went over 21 and a half points in those games. So, you know, you can go under 21 and a half with Kansas city if you want to, and you get it at plus 120, Tom. So, you know, that's an interesting, it's an interesting bet. I, I, the funny thing is I could see this be 24, 20 or 24, 21. And I feel like if you're betting the under, you're picking San Francisco to win there. That's just what the odds are telling you. Like that, you know, it's, chances are that somebody's going to get to 24 in this game or more. The thing I'd say is if you look at Kansas city's last four real games, I won't count the chargers game uh, in week 18 because they knew what their, what was coming and they knew their fate um, Four of the last five. They have cleared the 21 point plateau. The only exception was Baltimore. Yeah. And I think some of that was they're on easy street and, and they weren't trying to push the issue. So the offense has improved is my point. I think their offense has improved. It ain't world beaters. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not a group of uh, Patrick Mahomes first Super Bowl kind of everywhere you get everywhere you look, you've got weapons. But Pacheco has turned into a really nice player, a really reliable player. Oh, yeah. And I've been a broken record about it. The 
the Rashi Rice element to the defense or to the offense forces defenses to play him a little bit more honest. And I think it makes Kelsey that much more dangerous of a weapon. It's not that I, I think one team schemed against Rashi Rice and that was Buffalo because he, he had targets galore against the Dolphins and they plummeted against Buffalo. And then Kelsey's relationship went the other way. He went through the roof in terms of targets. I think at least having a competent wide receiver makes everything go a little bit better to where 24, 27 is reasonable as a prediction. I think, um, Rashi Rice is one of the guys who I was very fortunate to know a lot about early on and win some player prop bets with him this year. I think the <clears throat> cat is out of the bag with him because, uh, as you've as you've talked about and documented, he's been the guy for them. He's unbelievably fast. But I had to know Tom because I got pinched into a corner with fantasy football. My number one receiver got hurt. My number two receiver got hurt. And I was scouring the waiver wires looking for anybody who was becoming a target anywhere in my fantasy league. And it was early in the year. And so I took a flyer after Rashid Rice had his first good game as a professional. He had a day in like week three or four or something. And he ended up, yeah, with like six catches. And so I took him and then I've been following him ever since. Like now I love him. He's a hero. <laughs> Hour number two, forthcoming. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. <laughs> 